When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. What's up, the Generation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the off-season college football podcast. I'm Stucky with me, as always, are Colin Wilson and the one and only Mr. Brett McMurphy. Gentlemen, this is our 250th episode of Big Bets on Campus. Colin and I had some episodes of the Gen and Juice for some OGs before this, (laughs) but 200. and 50 episodes. Thank you for all of the support. Hope you've enjoyed the ride as much as we have. You guys make the podcasts and we're going to have these off season episodes, which are kind of new every other week come out primarily shoot for Wednesdays. Talk about, you know, random topics, college football base, some other fun stuff. We even get some college world series once that comes about and then we'll lead up into our off-season conference previews which will be here before we know it in July and to celebrate our 250th episode we go up questions for Brett so funny questions anything you want to know about Brett email our audio director Matt Mitchell and do that at podcasts at actionnetwork.com again podcast at actionnetwork.com with a good question for Brett, we'll ask Brett next episode a couple of those questions. And if we use your question, you'll get a prize. So we always love doing giveaways there. So again, podcasts at actionnetwork.com. McMurphy, you monstrous erection, you. We'll start with a question that I have for Colin, because I don't, I never knew this, but our producer sent me a note and said he's had a, a post-it note on his computer since 2020 that said Colin Relish and asked me to ask you why you will not eat Relish or won't anymore or haven't your whole life. What's the story with you and Relish? Mitchell brought this up. I'll talk about it. Listen, before I became this college football guru, I was on the, (laughs) I was on on the shop floor uh, for 15 years as a consultant for every single food you can imagine I was on Boeing's plant floor doing fuselages. I was at Keurig during their coffee, but my start was in Arkansas for Tyson Foods, where they were splitting cows, they were splitting pigs, they were splitting chickens. And so they send me up to a pickle plant up in Wisconsin, and I'm thinking to myself, pickles, this has to be a pretty easy process, right? 
Well, it turns out your pickles grow. They spray them with incest, uh, you know, insecticides and just like massive amounts of poisons to keep them clean. Then they send them, they pick them from the grower. They send them to this huge vat. They wash them for hours and then they send them up to big tubs. And I'm talking like tubs the size of your house. And what happens is you may get called out as a pickle as downgrade. And downgrade means eh, you're getting thrown out. So what a pickle does is it sits in a vat for two weeks under the sun in this vat the size of your house, open water facing the sun. Now, as you go and look at these pickles, some are white, some are black, some are rottened out, some have bug infestation. And what they do with that is they consider that to be downgrade. So you could be downgraded because of bugs or you're rotten or you have bad you know, pesticide records. And what they do is, is they put that all in a separate area. So when they dump all these pickles out of these vats and the conveyor belts inside the plant, but when it comes off the line, some of those pickles do what? They hit the floor. There is some guy that gets paid with a huge shovel to scoop up these pickles that hit the floor and take them to where? Downgrade. All right, so now I've got this huge big vat. You know what they do with that? Nothing goes to waste. Nothing. That's the big secret about the food industry. Nothing goes to waste. They chop all that shit up. They throw corn syrup on it. They sugar them up. They color them with enough with enough green to dump in the river in Chicago for St. Patrick's Day. They throw it in a jar. They put a label on it and they say relish. This is why I go to baseball games and I get pissed that relish gets a spot next to ketchup and mustard in the race. Relish is the worst thing you could put in your body. It's gross. Uh, it is the one thing of every food that I've ever seen ever made. I will never touch. All right. Well, now that you say never, by the way, one of my favorite foods in the world, I'm not a huge relish guy, but one of my favorite foods in the world this is only a regional thing. It's Scrapple, uh, Pennsylvania Dutch. But if you're from the Philadelphia area, it's kind of like if you're from the Midwest, it's like Geta. But Scrapple is like all of the just the shit left over of the pig. It's like the head, the heart, the liver, <laughs> and it's all mixed into one. And then you get, yeah, but it's fucking amazing. It's my favorite breakfast food by far. But now that you said you'll never eat it, we're going right. to do trivia. Brett brought trivia later. You know, there was no punishment last year. I, I one trivia going away, and I, I got a – where is it at? I still have – this is what Brett sent me, my Iowa football pad, <laughs> which I use for little notes here. Um, Brian Francis contract in there. So this year, for when we do BBOC during the season, when we keep track of our trivia each week, the, your punishment is going to be at the end. If you lose, you all have to eat relish. So study. Brett, big relish guy? Yeah, not relish, but man, I love pickles. I'm not sure if I love them anymore, but yeah, the uh, I think I'm seeing alert on the stock market that pickle shares have uh, have kind of dropped down after Colin's rant. I love pickles, so I'm a pickle guy, big pickle guy, uh, not a big relish guy, but not anti-relish like Colin, but I don't want to go into this because then this will never end and I'll never eat anything again, but I'm sure if we knew how a lot of things were were made um, behind the scenes, we probably wouldn't be eating much. Like the, the one healthy thing that I do is I don't eat fast food. I, I'll eat like Chick-fil-A, that's it. And the reason is in high school, one of my best friends, she was starting like this healthy fast food chain. She used to, and she was like all about healthy food and how it's made and farm to table. She would just send me every day things that like how McDonald's, chicken nuggets are made, how the burgers are made, and just propaganda. Oh, I, so I I can't eat McDonald's. I haven't been able to eat McDonald's because of that. I got flooded with the 
the chicken nuggets shit coming out as pink paste. So yeah, you don't if you, you don't want to know too much. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to eat anything. I love pickles too. We we grow cucumbers. My wife grows cucumbers in our garden, and then she'll make all kinds of different pickles, bread and butter, dill. So we always have them in our downstairs in our bar refrigerator. Also great for whiskey shots as well. Little picklebacks. But anyway, all right. Good story, Colin. Now, but you're going to pay potentially for telling me that story because that could be used as a punishment <laughs> in the future, but more to come on that later. Let's talk a little college football. We won't get into too many actionable things. Rule changes, Brett, you know, two that were kind of meaningless. I, I don't like there's a penalty at the end of the quarter. It's not an untimed down. It'll be, you know, enforced in the following quarter. And you can't take two consecutive timeouts during a dead ball, which I like. And then the big one is you, the clock will stop. The clock will not stop on first downs during the game. And this is like kind of a trend in sports, kind of speed up game. It's going well with MLB. And I think that's good because, I mean, people's attention spans with like TikTok and just uh, people's attention spans are going down and down and down. I never had a problem with the length of a baseball game, but everyone seems to love it. I don't think this is going to have a huge material impact. There's definitely going to be fewer plays in the game, which you're going to have, we're going to have to figure out for totals. But I never watch a college football game and I'm like, oh my God, I wish this was quicker. I would have had a huge problem with it if it wasn't in the final two minutes, because that's kind of what makes college football and these games so exciting. Right. And if this was like the NFL and was throughout the whole game, including the final two minutes of the first half and the game strategy would then change drastically and you would have fewer comebacks. And I don't think it would be as exciting, especially like think of the Mac, like you'll have like three scores in the final minute. Um, So yeah, I, I didn't, I don't love it, but I don't think it's going to have a huge material change. There'll be fewer plays. The one thing that I would hate is, and there was rumblings about this. I haven't really followed it closely, but the clock was still going to run on incomplete passes. Um, is that is that Brett? Is that dead? And do you have any thoughts on the rule changes for, uh, for this year? Yeah, and it, look, Stucky, I know you said you kind of don't like it, but it's not that big a deal. Look, I hate it. Yeah, it's hate not. It, hate it. Yeah, I hate it because I think it's college football is getting more and more like the NFL every day with the you know, everything, you know, off the field, on the field. And that's what I think we love about college football. It's so unique. It's so crazy. You, you know, you can, the Mac, you can see three touchdowns in the final 30 seconds. You don't see that in the NFL. Um, and I, part of this is, yeah, safety concerns. That's, I think that's, I think that's an, I don't buy that. I understand that. I think they're using that as a crutch. It's to fit into a TV window and it's all based on television and money, surprisingly. Uh, I'll be fascinated to see, you know, when we get closer to the season. It's all money. You want to shorten the games, take away just, yeah, 20 commercials. These... But no, that's not. Well, yeah, that's, that's or that's okay. You want to shorten the game. Commercial. Each team play, has one play, and whoever converts it wins the game. Then we'll go to next week, if you really want to shorten it. But the, the big thing, you know, when we get going closer to the season, you know, I'll be fascinated to see what you guys think is how this impacts the over-unders, but one thing, and Colin kind of referenced it in your notebook, Stuck, <laughs> Brian Ferentz, in his new contract, they've got to average at least 25 points per game to return to his prior two-year agreement, his contract agreement. Um, the good news is that does include any points scored by the defense. So it's the Iowa team, not just the Iowa offense. But Iowa averaged 18 points a game last year, 23 points a game in 2021. And now the games are shorter. Good luck, Brian. But, you know, I don't like it, Stucky. I hate they keep shortening the games. Um, you know, this isn't baseball. 
this is kind of the same. We there are too many bowl game crowd. I I'm back and forth on that argument. But if you don't, if you think there are too many bowl games, you think the games are too long, then don't watch it. People are not watching college football because the games are too long. Um, you know, I just yeah, baseball's been dying, like ratings wise, and it can and be baseball's slow. totally different. They're just yeah. So, much, so I get it. Yeah. Even though I don't think baseball is too long, I get it with baseball. It's working, and those changes had a really material impact. I don't think they, these will have a huge impact, but I'm I'm also not a fan. I also think it's like just the start of it, right? Like I, if if they go to like running the clock after incomplete passes, and then they mean you know, that's it just, what's, it's, it's that'll be what's slow. next. Yeah, yeah or twelve uh, minute quarters, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. The one thing, the rule change that I would actually be in favor of to match the NFL is two feet inbounds on a catch. I actually would like to see that, but um, you know, I wish, like when you're I even, wish college, even when you're like in eighth grade, you would practice. You would try to get two feet down, right, on a catch. Like I, that's one rule that I wouldn't mind seeing changed. I know Colin's up next. If we go with two feet inbounds, then we have to change the college rule that you're down if nobody touches you. You should be able to get yeah. back up. Colin. Yeah, no, agree. I agree with that. Yeah, it's, I mean, for me, I've already dumped out the top 50 first downs from the last three years and and, and cross-referenced that up against your time of possession, how much clock you eat, what's your seconds per play. So obviously, to give you an idea, and we'll have a piece out before week zero kicks, but you know what you're looking at is a team that runs sort of a version of an air raid, but runs 30 seconds per play. Think of the old Washington State days with Mike Leach, where every play, every first down was a pass. Right. And you'd have a first down and then they would get up to the line of scrimmage. They just sit there for 27 seconds and look around. Right. So obviously we're not going to go up there and bleed clock like that. And you can't, I mean, you could, if you wanted to, but you're not going to be killing the game clock by doing things like that. So there's a lot of dynamics to this. And I think that we have to get ahead of this from an unders perspective. I think there's unders on certain teams that we're going to want to pay attention to because there's not so many, there's so many first downs, but the clock is still going to run. So uh, keep your eyes out that for this summer. But I think, we have to be prepared for this because something that kind of caught me off guard is I remember being at media days last year and the announcement of the new rules at SEC media days that you cannot chop block outside the tackle box. Right. And when I heard that, I thought, Oh, good player safety, less people are going to get hurt. Now you fast forward to Munkin coming out at army saying we're done running the worst news I've ever heard in my life. We're done (laughs) running the triple under center. We're going to go shotgun based and then I go back and look and like Army and Navy didn't get close to their win total, right? And Air Force barely got over and they had some second order win total help. But Army and Navy didn't get close to their win total. And they're now changing their offense because they can't do those blocks outside of the tackle box. Now Army's completely like, how the hell are you running fullback die from shotgun? I don't know. But like you're changing your whole offensive strategy and identity that's been around for decades, like because of this rule change. So we need to take the same approach with this first downs clock not stopping stopping what you know because it's completely affected army it really affected army's win total last year yeah i like i'm devastated by that i love the the, my most profitable bets by far of my entire life have always been to service academies we've lost georgia tech now we've lost the market just doesn't know how to price these triple option teams and now we lost georgia tech now we're gonna lose army i think army is dumb for doing this and they're gonna be in trouble we'll talk about win totals later but you know, we see we saw Georgia Tech because you have to change your splits. You change everything. They mm-hmm. they've struggled for years trying to transition. Our, Army, the reason Army, Navy, and Air Force do this is they don't get like Georgia Tech can get four and five star kids, right? Army, Navy, and Air Force they don't get the you know elite, highly recruited athletes. 
So this is like the uh, the competitive advantage is that they play a scheme that you're not used to seeing and it enables them to really compete with anyone. And then it also, you know, shortens the length of the game. So I, I think Army's going to be in trouble. I'm, I'm devastated to hear that news. You know what the antithesis of this is, though, right? And I'll, and I'll pivot this back to Brett. Tell me how Georgia Southern is like, wipe it away. We're done with the triple. We're going to go Clay Helton. Let's get some spread in here. We'll get Van Trees to come down from Buffalo. Boom, we're all of a sudden a power player in the Sun Belt. I don't know if Munkin's looking at that, Brett. Like, how does Georgia Southern, like, flip so fast to get out of the triple and do Yeah, what- Georgia Southern was the exception of the rule. Like, and their yeah. win total got hammered under, and they were – their offense was was really explosive. Now, granted, they're not playing great defenses. But, man, I'm just going to miss – if we lose all the triple – I'm going to miss all the – Navy plus 17 free money bets of the year. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm devastated by that news. Um, Notre Dame in week one. Oh yeah. But I mean, that's, I I tweeted out on April 1st. I said the last Saturday we can bet college football or college basketball until we have Navy as a dog against Notre Dame in 147 days. All right. So let's move on quickly to some uh, coaching changes. There's some interesting coaching Changes this offseason, as always. Um, I think, you know, Matt Rule to Nebraska is obviously going to be talked about a lot. And you got to remember, I think that's going to work. You got to remember that, you know, and he's a turnaround artist. He was 2-10 and 10 at Temple and 1-11 and 11 at Baylor in his first years there. So it might not be very quick. Luke Fickle at Wisconsin, he kind of broke the broke through the, you know, ceiling at Cincy and got to the college football playoff. And there's been a you know, a ceiling at Wisconsin. They have the offensive line. Can he develop and recruit, which I think he can, the skill positions uh, better than what Wisconsin's been able to do. I think they might ha- ha- get potentially get the biggest bump this year. And then you have Deion Sanders, which you're going to see a lot of hot takes there. Uh, Deion Sanders, a.k.a. D1 scandals. Uh, I, is there going to be recruiting violations? You're seeing uh, that's it's going to be very interesting to watch. It's a lot of hype around Colorado. The one thing I will say is the just the difference in the their um, their spring game. Like the crowd last year was no one there, and then it was electric. So there's definitely some hype and some excitement in Boulder, which is good. I think it's better for college football in Colorado. Is good. Um, Colin, I'll, I'll start with you. Any other coaching changes you want to mention? And do you have any thoughts on Dion and how you think it's going to work out at Colorado? Yeah. I know everybody I've, I've had some questions in my DMS about when the power ratings are going to get updated at action network. And the truth is until this portal window closes <laughs> on the 30th until the portal closes and I can assess your roster. Cause I mean, there are things like if you take a quarterback who's hundred percent of the production and you take him away and he goes and maybe commits to Colorado, then that is a huge, that could be like a one and a half win loss swing on your total. So it's like, why would I release a PR when I'm just updating them after the portal's done? So, but as far as a coaching perspective stuck, I've already graded them all. I've assigned them to the power ratings. A couple that stand out to me where I really don't like them and I downgraded the team. First off, UAB. I'm not sure Trent Dilfer knows what he's doing. And you know what? Put this on freezing cold takes. I don't give a shit because Bill Clark <laughs> had a system. They dominated. They came back from the dead. I don't know what Trent Dilfer's doing. And when you hear him cut interviews about, like how the team is doing spring practice, what's your philosophy for the team? It doesn't sound like it's uh, like he knows what he's doing in college football. So that makes me extremely nervous on the flip side. You mentioned fickle at Wisconsin. I gave them a bump only because their offense is now run by Phil Longo. Does it match the personnel that they have? Probably not. 
But this this offense was lifeless, and now you're getting Phil Longo, the instant creator of of uh, of up tempo offense at Wisconsin. That place that that drives me a little bit crazy. Um, so from a coaching perspective, those are two, and then the one I'll leave you with because we love the Mac on this podcast. Sean Lewis leaving to be the offensive coordinator, leaving Kent State to go be the offensive coordinator at Colorado. He was an identity. Flash fast is built around him at Kent State. They have gone down to, I would say, you know, um, <laughs> completely green coaching staff, uh, guys that have never done it on this level before. So good luck to Kent State. And they lost their best running back who transferred within the conference. So, um, you know, Kent State's going to have some problems coming up. I will say I did love that hire for Dion, getting Sean Lewis yeah. in there as the OC. Uh, Brett, any thoughts on either uh, Dion or any of the coaching changes this offseason? Yeah, I think for Colorado, a lot of sound bites, a lot of Twitter content, but a lot of losses. They currently, right now, only have 16 scholarship players right now, 16. So you can bring in 69 players on scholarship. I don't know how these guys are going to be ready to go. Um, this is different than, you know, USC and Lincoln Riley had a lot of transfers last year, but these guys didn't come in like after the spring game. So you wonder how the, you know, how they're going to, you know, mold together, how that'll work out. Um, it's fine. Trent Dilfer, that's going to be fascinating. Uh, he was a high school coach for four years before he, before he comes to UAB, another former ESPNer I worked at that's now a college head coach. I'm waiting for my opportunity. Uh, I need to, I need to make sure Trent's okay with this, but I have a tremendous Trent Dilfer story. Hopefully I can share later on in the year. Um, I agree with Matt Rubel. I think he's going to turn it around. If he doesn't, then no, then no, nobody can win at Nebraska. And he actually said recently that he thinks they're right now, and Stuck, you you mentioned their first year at Baylor and at Temple. He actually believes right now Nebraska is kind of in their second year of rebuilding, not like the first year of the previous spots he, he's been. Um, one assistant coach, Colin mentioned one, that I am going to be mesmerized by this will be the greatest hire ever, or it will be a bigger bonfire than we see on their beautiful campus is Bobby Petrino in college station as Jimbo's offensive coordinator. Cannot wait. Yeah. How is yeah. Jay Durkin, Bob, Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher in the same room? Is that a Royal rumble that WWE could sell or what? Yeah, I can't wait to, uh, Talk some Petrino and get Colin's thoughts now once we get to game times. Uh, before we get to some trivia, I also want to ask you guys if you've read any good books, watched any good TV shows or movies, if you want to throw any of those out. So think of those. If you don't have any, that's fine too. Uh, Brett, any, you know you're going to go to Media Days. We'll be covering them as you do. Um, one thing you're looking forward to uh, at any of the Media Days or one team that you're looking forward to covering or coach – that you're uh, the, the well, media days. Uh, I'm looking forward to Pac-12 and and uh, Big 12 for the awkward farewells for USC, UCLA, and Oklahoma, Texas. But as I tweeted, uh, you mentioned an earlier tweet of yours. As I tweeted uh, a few weeks ago, I am most excited about what will be the greatest greatest media days in the history of media days, and that, of course, is the Mountain West Conference media days at Circa. Uh, stadium swim will never be the same again. Uh, ironically, the Mountain West 
has two days worth of media days in Las Vegas, while the Pac-12 will only be in Vegas for one day. So um, that's kind of what I'm looking for stuck. But uh, there will be, I'm sure, plenty other good stuff pop up. Yep. And we'll be going over that throughout the summer. Uh, Before we get to trivia here. Uh, I'll throw out a couple books and shows that I've read and watched. This is my month, April, May, where I get to catch up. If you're a baseball fan, one shot at forever about a high school baseball team. Brian Brian Snicker, actually, the Braves manager, um, was on that high school team. Really cool story. 438 days is a wild story. It's the longest anyone's been out on a boat and survived. They were out 438 days. These two fishermen off the coast of – South America got swept out. There was a storm. Then the radio died and they went, the current took them all the way out of the Pacific and there's nothing forever. And one of the, uh, I won't ruin it, but only one of them made it and he made it to the Marshall Islands, like washed up. He survived on like 438 days. It's a crazy story. He survived on like killing like turtles and birds. TV shows. I've seen some good TV shows. Let's see, Beef on Netflix, that was worth watching. Binge, Dope Sick on Hulu. I love that. That was that was awesome. Shrinking on Apple TV was really good. And then a show that I just worth watching, a show that I just started binging, and it reminds me last April and May, I binged Justified on it was oh, it used to be on FX. So good. I just started Snowfall. It's six seasons. Some no one's ever told me to binge a show before. It's like a ninety-five percent of Rotten Tomatoes. I, everything I've read, it's like it's so good. I've gotten through a season and a half in like three days. Um, it's about the like crack uh, epidemic in the late eighties, early nineties, and how like the CIA is involved. And uh, it's going to be good. I've like it's apparently the first season's the worst one, and it was really good. And I'm already hooked. So those are some books and shows if you're looking for stuff in the off season. Brett, you're you're watching Justified. Do you do you love it? It's good, right? Yeah, I missed it the first time around, so I'm catching up on it. Uh, I've got a recommendation. This is an oldie, but a goodie, and I recommended it to Matt Hayes, a good buddy of mine. He texts me after 10 minutes. He goes, man, I'm 10 minutes in. Holy shit. And that is The Jinx, The Lives and Deaths of Robert Durst. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I actually do read every once in a while. I'm, I'm on my second reading of Lonesome Dove, my favorite book of all time. But I did also read um, uh, American Kingpin. You guys read that? So good. Yep. Yeah, that was that was amazing. About the guy who started the Silk Road. If you like American Kingpin, then you will also love the book Mastermind, which is very similar. It was about the kind of the manhunt to take down uh, Paul LaRue, who created like this huge internet drug cartel. So if you like American Kingpin, which I thought was amazing. Page Turner couldn't put it down. Mastermind, the Mastermind, it's a very similar book, um, but about a different guy, and but uh, in the in that same genre. Colin, any shows or books you want to mention? Uh, I mean, from a show perspective, I, I can't imagine anybody not watching what I'm watching. I, I, I always... if, you, if you mention Better Call Saul, you're kicked off. Oh no, I, I mean, currently I'm I'm wrapped up in the la- in this season of Ted Lasso, and Succession's got my head spinning. Um, no, I, Succession's so good, so good. Uh, this season is incredible. I can't believe how good it still is. I, I heard I, Ted Lasso. I, I've only watched it the first season. I'm going to watch it when it's done. I heard this season isn't that great, but you're so entertained. It's so it's so good. I'm still, I'm still very much entertained, and I'm just geared up and ready. As the star, in case you guys didn't know, 
of True Detective season three. I'm really oh, looking Jesus. forward. I'm really looking forward to Jodie Foster uh, uh, True Detective season four coming out here soon. I don't think you could have picked a more perfect person to be in a True Detective series. From a book perspective, I'm right now reading uh, a book, an excellent book, probably the best I've read in a decade, called The Boy Crisis. Unbelievably excellent. All right, love it. Good stuff. So you should be covered if you're looking for a book or show on when you're at home or for your vacation. Okay, before we go any further, as a reminder, Big Bets on Campus is presented by BetMGM. So get it on the action with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That is the bonus code ACTION. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Before we get out of here, though, we have uh, trivia. Let's close with some trivia for fun. This won't be an official count, but Brett, you have... uh, two questions for us you mentioned mastermind which brings up a very funny quick steve spurrier story <laughs> buddy of mine was doing a story on him when he was at florida and asked how do you feel about being an offensive guru and spurrier goes guru guru is that what you're going to call me in your article guru and the guy goes yeah and he goes he goes spurrier goes well can we think of another word and my buddy's like yeah what and he goes spurrier goes how about how about how about how about mastermind so nice. Spurrier want to be called mastermind. And so here we go with the trivia. Uh, these, these are not official sources, stump or questions. These are from the brilliant Evan Abrams, very difficult questions, but best of luck to both of you. If you have any idea, uh, the first one, Florida quarterback, speaking of Steve Spurrier in Florida, Florida quarterback, Anthony Richardson at 54.7% will have the lowest completion percentage by a first-round quarterback taken in the NFL draft since who? Twenty. It was in 2011. So the quarterback was drafted in 2011. Yes, he had a lower completion percentage than Anthony Richardson. It has to be a first-round draft pick? First-round draft pick, yes. Chad Pennington. Yeah, not Chad Pennington. Power five, uh, Power 5 school. Cam Newton? Nope. Jake Locker? Bam. Nice stuck. I'm not eating relish. No, the that that 2011, that 2011. No, that's this is for next year. We'll talk about that later. This isn't this is no part Michael of the contest. Anyway. That no 2011 draft, the NFL draft. There are some bad quarterbacks. So for speaking of the 2011 draft, right after I left the Sugar Bowl, 
where Ohio State essentially suspended everyone and Trestle was fired and Arkansas lost and Bobby Petrino was on his bike. About that time, Ryan Mallett, Ryan Mallett was getting drafted, I think, in the third round of the 2011 draft. Let me show you how engaged he was in his college classes. He once walked into a test at the University of Arkansas and said out loud, three minutes late while everybody was taking a test, he said, who's got a Scantron for Ryan Mallett? Wow. Serious. That's what Ryan Mallett did. By the way, we had a, that that 2011 draft. I'm, I just pulled it up. We had an Iowa quarterback get drafted. That was the only time they ever had a good yeah. offense. That one year, Ricky Stanzi went in the fifth round. That Iowa offense in like 2010, I guess, was like the only good offense they've had in like 20 years. All right. Anyway, what's uh, you got a second question? Right. We we do have a second question. So uh, Christian Gonzalez should be a top 10 draft pick on Thursday. Since Akili Smith in 1999, there have been seven Oregon Ducks taken among the top 10 picks in the NFL draft. Please name them. Penny Sewell. That's one. Marcus Mariota. Uh, Joey Harrington. There you go. You guys are three for three. Two. Maybe on Thibodeau. There you go. Hold on. Uh, uh, what, what years? 2020, 2016, and 2013. Jonathan Stewart? No, 2020 is very, very obvious. Oh, uh, fucking Herbert. Yes. Yes, Justin Herbert. So you're down to 2016 and 2013. 2013 and 2016? Yep. Oh, Buckner. That is correct. DeForest. And the last, is it, is it bust? Oh, fucking, he went like second or third. Yeah, he was a defensive end. Uh, Deion Jordan. There you go. Yeah, what a bust. He, he went third overall. Bonus follow-up question from Evan. Let's see what happened now. Before Keeley Smith in 1999, the last Oregon Ducks player taken top 10 was way back in 1972, you know, 30 years before you guys were born. Can you name this, this person? And here's a hint. He became a famous broadcaster and his first and last name rhyme. A 1972 uh, Oregon player? Yes. First rounder? Top 10 broadcast. He became a famous broadcaster. Oh, uh, no. Tom, I'm going to give you a chance. He did. He hosted like NBA shows. You are correct, sir. Colin, he married a member of the Cosby show. Oh, did he marry Felicia Rashad? It's a Rashad. There you go. Yeah. A Mod Rashad. See, I, wow, he, he was a, he, he's a Jordan. He's a, like a Jordan mouthpiece. That's how yeah. I know him. He was number. He went number four by the by the Cardinals. Huh. I didn't know he was a top That's ten crazy. pick. So it went from seventy two until Kelly Smith that the Ducks Oregon didn't have a top ten pick. Twenty three to twenty two in favor of Cleveland. Five seconds left. First down. Cleveland forty six. He's going deep down the right side. And it is fought for, and it's touchdown! Rashad! Absolutely one of the great dramatic finishes of any football game anywhere. The Vikings go to the playoffs. Good start. That's crazy. No, I can add that to the the brain. Ahmad Rashad was a top ten pick. No clue. I didn't know it till we heard the Cosby Show. All right, good stuff. Cover a little bit of everything. Get your beak wet. It's good to get the gang back together. I hope you enjoy this episode. We'll be back every other week. 
Shoot for Wednesdays, like I said before. Also, a reminder, email our producer, podcast at actionnetwork.com. With questions for Brett, pick a couple of the best or funniest. Ask them next episode. And the ones that we pick, we will send you some some gear and some prizes. Uh, also, same thing with uh, leaving five-star reviews. They really help us out, especially in the off-season. We'll pick out some of those. Don't care what you say. You can talk about relish or anything you really want, as long as you leave a five-star review. And one of these next couple episodes, I'll pull a couple and we'll do some giveaways there. But thanks for tuning in. Cannot wait until college football. Cannot wait to go through the grind with all of you again. But I hope you're enjoying the off-season. And we will catch you all soon. Cheers. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.